A recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores, your neighborhood store. Why fight the lines at the big box chains when Little General Convenience Stores has what you need? Selling only the best quality brands like Gorelick Farms, Boston Salads, Prepared Foods, KM, and Purdue. Little General also sells lottery, tobacco products, and yes, of course, your stop for your daily newspapers. Weekly specials change every Monday, so check online at littlegeneral.com for this week's specials. Plus, littlegeneral.com is the place to go for the delicious recipes you heard here on A Recipe for a Good Day. So whether you're picking up food or products for your home or if you're looking for food or coffee on the go, shop your neighborhood store. Little General Convenience Stores, open eight days a week. Your weekly food get-together recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores. Your convenience store with more than one in your neighborhood if you look around. And we're going to tell you what's on sale at Little General Stores everywhere. We hope on behalf of Little General that you had a successful Memorial Day weekend with your uh, cookouts that may have been going on. Uh, and we thank Little General for being a sponsor of the Legends of Country programming that was on WNRI on Memorial Day. We hope you enjoyed both the music and your family and your food. And what a food topic we have today. The wonderful wonderful world of salads all things salads on today's program johnny reynolds will join us for the reynolds wrap as he continues his series on outdoor grilling not going to be a, probably a great weekend for grilling activity but many of you may be uh, grilling during your work week as you probably got the taste of it on memorial day weekend uh, we have another busy program so let's get right into the water we're taking a look at what's on sale at Little General Stores everywhere today and now through close of business on your Sunday. And a few items that you can utilize in your salads. Our friends at Hummel Brothers, the one and only Hummel Brothers, uh, is uh, ready to represent Little General Stores with their fantastic luncheon meat deals. And the luncheon meat goes terrific on a salad. I'm prone to two of them myself. One, the Hummel Brothers Oven Roasted Turkey Breast, an outstanding product, as Gary would say, Eight eighty nine a pound for sure. I'll be acquiring some of that oven roasted turkey breast from Hummel Brothers. Hummel Brothers there with their ham off the bone as well. Six eighty nine, terrific in a salad. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking about utilizing some of those oven roasted roast beef by Hummel Brothers. Eight eighty nine a pound. So there you can see from Hummel Brothers alone, terrific deals on a pound of oven roasted roast beef and their oven roasted turkey breast, both just eight eighty nine a pound at little general stores everywhere. Pepperoni sticks on sale from Margarita, and that is from six eighty nine a pound for those pepperoni sticks. Short rump steak continues to be on sale for six. Ninety-nine a pound, a great little short steak for your grill. Speaking of grills, Maple Leaf Skinless Franks, they're on sale for five ninety-nine a pound. And if you're looking for something quick and you don't even have to make the hamburg patties because Little General has made them for you. Remember, hamburg patties made fresh every day. There's none better than a made fresh hamburg patty from Little General Convenience Stores Deli. And don't forget, you can get your great coffee locally roasted at Little General locations. Little General, where quality comes first and taste the difference. It is grilling season. And I know uh, 
most stores do have available the propane gas cylinders, uh, the exchange program. So if you are uh, running short on your propane, Low General can meet your propane needs again at most locations. Those sale items now in effect through close of business on Sunday, which is 10 p.m. for Low General stores. Well, we're going to get started on this busy program right after this message from Low General Convenience Stores. Recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores with locations for your shopping needs throughout the Blackstone Valley. Two-in-one socket, Manville Road and Cumberland Hill Road. Great Road, North Smithfield, Chapel Street in Boroughville and Central Avenue in Pawtucket. Always hot, always fresh coffee stations to get your day started. Grab and go meals perfectly prepared for you, whether it's for an easy lunch to get you through your work day or to make an easy, satisfying dinner to end your day. And, of course, delicious deli items from top-of-the-line lunch meats to top-of-the-line steak and chicken products. Oh, and, of course, always fresh ground hamburg. Stay up to date on each week's sale items by going online at littlegeneral.com, your convenience store with more. Little General, where you always get a smile, a please, and a thank you. Open every day, including today. Proud sponsors of Recipe for a Good Day, Little General Convenience Stores. Salami, Tommy, give it the gravy, baby. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Try a tomato plate, too. Here's Cacciatore, Dory. Taste the bologna, Tony. And we hope they eat when they go to your house. That means the food is good. And it is recipe for a good day. Received an email from the Bubble Girl about canned good expiration dates. And it is an interesting topic. Now, of course, some things that you want to make sure maybe expire a little quicker than others. Maybe your eggs, maybe your dairy products, maybe you're a little more stringent on your expiration dates. But when it comes to canned goods, what does an expiration date really mean? Many perishable foods, such as meat, poultry, eggs, and dairy products, you'd be surprised to learn they're usually not about food safety uh, when they put a manufacturer's best buy or best if used by dates on the product. That is to let retail stores and consumers know how long the products are expected to maintain their best taste and texture. And of course, if you're buying a perishable, such as the items we mentioned, and you buy them and you freeze them, well, they can extend months past your um, your expiration dates. Uh, the dates, they're not required by federal law, by the way. Some states do require them, and they don't necessarily indicate a product's safety, with the exception of baby formula. But perishable products are usually safe to consume beyond their best by date if they have been handled and stored properly. So there's no hard and fast rule here. It's ultimately up to you to decide what to do with your expiration dates. But of course, anything that smells off, anything moldy, has a different texture than you would expect to the touch or an unpleasant taste, um, you're going to want to dump that. Some, I guess, guidelines for freshness. Um, this is uh, an interesting one when it comes to milk. It says seven days. Um, it should be safe in your fridge or pantry for about seven days. Milk kept in the back of the fridge. That's a good tip. Always keep your milk in the back. A lot of times people keep it in the front for easy grab, but the temperature is coldest in the back of the fridge where um, your milk can receive its optimal length. Eggs, three to five weeks. Remember, you can store those eggs also in the back of the fridge. Why? Because it's coldest. Um, ground meat or poultry, that's only going to last uh, for about one to two days in your fridge. But cooked meat or poultry, three to four days. Lunch and meat, if it's unopened, uh, two weeks. But as you notice, once you open it, you're looking at three to five days. Um, meanwhile, steaks, three to five days. Fresh poultry, about one to two days. Canned fruit, uh, after opening is about five to seven days, but it can last over a year and you're covered just fine. Rice and dried pasta, two to two years, uh, after cooking, about three to four days. Um, tips for some freezing of your meats. We're going to get into canned goods in a second, but if you're going to be able to eat something in your fridge before it goes bad, 
um, toss it in the freezer. And I just did this. I cooked a whole turkey knowing I wasn't going to eat all the turkey uh, in time to keep it in the fridge. So right after cutting it, right into the freezer. So last night I defrosted uh, my final hunk of breast meat from my Thanksgiving turkey. And it was still glistening. It was still juicy. It was still delicious and tender. Um, so yeah, freezing your foods after cooking. If you know, you know, don't refrigerate for three days and then refrigerate. Just go ahead. Freeze your sections. It doesn't take long to defrost them, uh, for a quick eat. But what about those canned goods? Uh, what does it mean on your expiration dates? Um, and an interesting uh, email again from the bubble girl that spurred this segment. Uh, so we'll talk about canned goods. Now, after your best before date, your canned goods are still preserved. They can go a good two to three years beyond that expiration date. If your cereal is unopened and still sealed in that uh, vacuum sealed bag, well, you can extend that out to a year. Dry pasta two to three years after uh, the best buy date. Um Peanut butter, 18 months. Various spices can go two years or so after that expiration date. But, of course, the fresher the herbs for your green, not your dried ground spices, but for your green uh, leafy products, uh, your oreganos, your Italian seasonings, your your basil, your your um, your parsley. Uh, I do prefer the freshest uh, possible. Um, and, of course, any carbonated beverages can still last three to nine months beyond that expiration date. So expiration dates, kind of a guideline of suggestion more than a um, uh, a set in stone date for discarding your materials. Depends on if it's been opened or not. Again, uh, some good tips there on your dairy products. The back of the fridge is always coldest. Um, so storing your milk in the back can prolong your milk's lifespan. And uh, that goes with any of your dairy-type products, your butter, your cheeses, your eggs. Back of the fridge is best. You might have to shift things around a little bit when you open that door to, to grab something. But your prolonging and prolonging saves you money at the store. And in this economy, saving money is a good thing. Uh, we are going to uh, be talking about the world of salads today. Uh, I think one of America's uh, favorite foods. Uh, you can serve it as a meal. You can serve it as a side. You can serve it as a dessert with the fruit salads. Uh, we're going to be talking salads galore uh, on today's program. But before we get into our salad world, let's get caught up with our Reynolds Wrap feature, who has continued, and I think this could be the wrap-up of his cooking, uh, his grilling uh, expo, which has been on now for somewhat of the month of May. And let's check in with the newest edition. Reynolds Wrap by here, Betty? That Reynolds Wrap by here, Betty? You're best to pat. Reynolds Wrap makes this whole cooking and cleanup thing so easy. Reynolds Wrap makes good food better. The great thing about Reynolds Wrap is it's the one wrap you can depend on. Just a little Reynolds Wrap can do more for a woman than any other wrap. What a fantastic month it's been for the grilling series in May. So we're past Memorial Day, and we've got one more grilling session to complete on this fabulous Wednesday, my fellow gastronomes. Through this month, we've grilled beef cuts, pork cuts, chicken and poultry, and today we'll fill out our commitment for outdoor grilling by splitting this segment into three sections, albeit each one being kind of short, but hopefully able to make suggestions for interest's sake. So, here we go. Seafood. As far as shellfish goes, make sure each piece is well cleaned of sand and you set your grill on medium heat. Carefully place your cohogs, oysters, or mussels if your grates aren't too far apart. Then you want to use a screen or a grill pan and cook with the lid closed for 5 to 6 minutes. When the shells open, they're done. Sprinkle with lemon or maybe even lime juice or even a hot sauce and chow down. Fin fish is great on the grill, but you need to know your fish varieties or talk to your local fishmonger for advice. Fresh tuna, swordfish, mackerel are really great directly on the grates. Huh, sorry about that. Any fish that is less than sturdy needs to be grilled on a sheet of... Ahem. Wait for it. Reynolds Wrap! 
Next day is fruits. What's that you say? Oh, if you haven't experienced the euphoria of grilled fruits, you can expand your taste buds happiness real easy. Cut a watermelon into wedge shapes and grill on high heat for three minutes each side. Once those char marks appear, eat them up. Or take pineapple rings and grill them for the same time. Then sprinkle them with melted chocolate or a homemade ganache. No, Jeff, I didn't know. No, don't worry. Grilled apples, cantaloupe, or any larger grocery staple will be a great diversion to sugary desserts after a great meal. Which actually brings me to vegetables. As I mentioned briefly last week, grilled bell peppers are a staple in many cuisines. Grill them whole on high, frequently turning them to get a full char, then placing them in a tightly closed paper bag to loosen the skins for about 7 to 9 minutes. To grill onions, make sure the slices are at least half an inch, as they will condense during cooking. Certain hearty greens are also really good on the grill like rainbow Swiss chard, whole romaine lettuce, even potatoes, most squashes, and yes, whole corn cobs in their husks. If you're used to grilling smaller vegetables, it's certainly okay to use a saute pan on your grill. Now, let's go with pizza. Yeah, right about now my buddy Jeff is getting quite excited. This is undoubtedly one of the most fun yet challenging grill items. Carla Music of Bon Appetit shares why store-bought dough is preferred. You're going to love grilled pizza. You need some store-bought dough. Why? So the reason why I would not go to the trouble necessarily to make my own dough for grilled pizza is because that kind of a dough is going to be super supple and a little bit hard to work with. And the dough that you get in the refrigerated section, that dough generally is just going to be sturdier. Um, they're making it in big volumes. It's not as precious. It's not as tender. And that's actually what you want. When you put it down on the grill, it's not going to sink through the grill grade. The other thing is, don't worry about making a circle or an oval or whatever. Whatever shape, oblong, that's kind of like the fun of it. It's very rustic. It's very handmade. Before any dough hits the grill, though, you need to prep the rest of the ingredients ahead of time. Remember our discussion on mise en place? As the dough will cook quicker on the grill than the oven. Use a low moisture cheese and really anything you like on a pizza. Pre-cook the meats to 75% and have some of the aforementioned grill veggies handy. Now, time to get that dough on the grill. Place the oiled side on first, then paint some oil on the upside, and when you see grill marks, flip it over and cook for a few minutes more, putting your desired topping on sparingly. It's best not to overload it, because you really don't want a soggy pizza. Check the grilling side for soft char marks. Then you want to pull the pizza off the grill and let it rest for a minimum of five minutes. Now it's ready for party time! Folks, this season, get acquainted with the grill and invite your friends, your relatives, or co-workers for a good time at your grill. Thank you for taking part in this series by listening and experimenting with different ingredients, techniques, and combinations. For a recipe for a good day, sponsored by Little General Stores, the store with more, I'm Johnny Reynolds, and that's a wrap. Reynolds Wrap, wouldn't you hate to be without it? talking salad something that has made its way into my um normal routine of food even though i just thought it never would be part of my diet especially something that i looked forward to daily um but in an efforts to a cut down my calories and my sugars and things that i should not be eating and become a little more regular with it myself um, I have started to enjoy the worlds of salads for lunch. And, um, for, for me, I have a very basic, uh, salad. I enjoy some iceberg lettuce. You gotta have a foundation. We're gonna talk lettuces in a moment. I also enjoy cucumbers. 
And I enjoy some cheeses in there, sometimes a provolone and sometimes a cheddar blend. Uh, in addition to that, you got to have a protein. So for me, it is quick and easy. Um, I am utilizing some of that turkey breast I talked about, uh, defrosting from Thanksgiving. But when I am out of that, I just turn to Hummel Brothers. And right now, they're oven-roasted turkey breast on sale for $8.89. They're ham off the bone for $6.89. You can't go wrong either way. And when it comes to a salad, just roll up some of those lunch meats, uh, give it a few slices, and drop them in your salad. And it's a nice addition. Look forward to a good, hearty plate of salad. But before you get going on making your salad, you really got to know what application you're making the salad for. Uh, there are a lot of ways to deal with the salad. Is it going to be a light salad with a hearty meal on the side? Um, is it going to be a tart salad? Maybe you want a tart salad with some fish. A hearty or hot salad for a main course, such as a lunch. And of course, whether it's an appetizer, dessert, or a meat accompaniment, a good fruit salad uh, goes well. Few few tips on a good salad. Number one, good combinations. You're looking for a nice contrast in color for a presentation, texture for eating, form and flavor are always a must on everything you eat. Uh, your salad greens should be prepared with care. They, you should store unwashed in a tightly covered container uh, or in a plastic bag or, or in refrigerator. Um, but again, a tightly covered, tightly sealed. Uh, your dressing, that's up to you. We'll talk about a little bit of dressing. Uh, what you want to do is wash as needed. What will washing your lettuce as needed do for you? It'll avoid rusting. Unless you're going to be uh, moving through that salad platter. But you don't want that rusting to begin to tinge your leaves. Um, tossing ingredients lightly. Do not bruise. Do not crush your greens. Minimum amount of dressing uh, is best to, to not over -sagify. Yes, that's a word made up here on Recipe for a Good Day. Write it down. Sagify your salad. Uh, that word will now start to sweep the nation, I'm sure. And it should look good. It should uh, not have a fixed appearance, but a simple casual uh, in your plate big enough so the salad doesn't fall over the edge. And the key word for your salad is cold. Maybe you want to use the word crisp, but cold is the key words. A nice cold salad. Um, let's talk about that lettuce. We're going to talk about some iceberg lettuce to get started, but there are many lettuces that you can choose from uh, to put into your salad. Uh, you can, of course, you have your romaine lettuce, and when you are dealing with your romaine lettuce, that is a longer leaf lettuce. Um, the Boston lettuce, the Bib lettuce, the very popular mainstream iceberg lettuce, uh, leaf lettuce. Uh, spinach leaves can also be a great addition to your salad and watercress, another popular lettuce. But we're going to talk about prepping the infamous iceberg lettuce. And it is, uh, I guess, the uh, staple of many salads uh, in the um, restaurant and home field. Why? Because it is known for being crisp watery, refreshing, um, nice basketball-sized heads, a large, tightly-packed pale green leaves. It's the gold standard for a chopped salad or a wedge salad. Also adds that satisfying, crisp, cool texture when it's shredded or stuffed into tacos and subs and, of course, uh, fish sandwiches or really any sandwich or even your burger off the grill. But we are utilizing it here for... Um, the wonderful world of salads. So, uh, prepping your lettuce, uh, you have that core. You can cut the core out. Um, but it's another knife risk. And, uh, Chef Gary McLaughlin, when part of the program, uh, told us all about prepping a head of iceberg lettuce. Um, before you even unwrap it, you, you just palm it like you're an NBA player and you're going up for a dunk. So just palm the head of lettuce with the stem down and just whack it. Slam it on the counter. I know. We just talked about not bruising your lettuce so you don't have to abuse your head of lettuce, but you're going to give it a good whack on the counter. And what that's going to do is it's going to break off everything around you. You hit it nice and evenly on that stem and when you open it up, your head of lettuce is still intact. Um, the head of lettuce hasn't taken the impact on the counter. The stem took the impact. And what you'll find is you'll just be able to grab the stem and simply just pull it out 
intact in completion, which leaves you a fully usable head of lettuce. And then go ahead and toss that lettuce core because you're not going to be eating it. And then you peel off maybe that first, second layer of the big wrap leaves on that head of lettuce. Uh, and you're going to discard those as well. You know, they're, they're probably not as stiff or as crisp as the other heads, uh, of the, the other leaves on the head of lettuce. So discard those flappy, uh, protective outer leaves and, uh, probably a good two layers would be fine. You'll notice that you'll notice the texture change and you're also looking for any rust on your head of lettuce, any, um, any early rot spots. Get rid of them. That does not mean your head of lettuce is garbage. Now you need to rinse that lettuce and just simply hold it under your faucet. Um, the, the stem up on that position so the water is actually going inside and filtering through that head of lettuce. If you're going to be washing that head of lettuce um, fully, uh, then you just tip it over, shake it out, get any of that excess water out, and your lettuce head is ready to cut. Now, I typically will go ahead, wash, and um, make uh, prep a whole head of lettuce for myself at lunch and, and I'm just a party of one at lunch. Um, Baxter and my two kid, cats uh, don't tend to eat salad. Uh, they eat, uh, uh, Baxter will eat anything else that falls on the floor except for salad. He'll just look at it and then the cats bat it around the kitchen for an hour and end up picking it up and throwing it out. But um, to, to prep it, it's super easy and super fast. It's not a long project. You have your head of lettuce, you whack it, you pull the core out, you rinse it under that faucet, you shake out that water. And um, at that point, I will put it on a cutting board, uh, hold down where the core was. And I just take my big knife and I start cutting it almost like it was a pizza. Um, cutting it uh, in half and then in quarters and then in eighth and then in sixteenth. And when I get it to the size I want, uh, then I'll just start uh, kind of filleting it, uh, cutting it across those cuts and quick and easy, drop it in a strainer. Um, this way I can get any additional water that is in that lettuce out and I shake it around and then in the fridge it goes while the rest of the salad gets prepped. Why? Because we talked about cold, crisp, cold. That's how the salad is best. Nice and cold. And um, sometimes if it's going to be a quick uh, prep, I'll actually stick it in the freezer for a few minutes just to get it as cold as possible. I love a good cold salad. But prepping a head of lettuce does not need to be uh, a day-altering event. It can be done quick, it can be easy, and it can be done safely. Um, and if it's uh, something that you're not going to eat every day, Again, you may want to wash the lettuce as you use it. But for me, I go ahead and do it knowing an average head of uh, iceberg lettuce, I am getting about three salad lunches. And these are hearty plates, mind you, um, encompassing pretty much a, a dinner plate. Uh, so I will eat uh, a head of lettuce in about three days with the salads, uh, two if I have it for dinner as well. So I go ahead. And I rinse the whole thing, and then I do keep it refrigerated. Uh, and then uh, you start to prep the other aspects of the salad, depending on what you want. We're going to get into some salad-building salad recipes in a few moments. Um, so that pretty much uh, store uh, your, unlettuce, your unused uh, um, moisture. You can actually use a... Uh, clean towel or paper towel, kind of like you were getting the grease out of a batch of french fries. Run the paper towel through the lettuce. That can help absorb any extra moisture as well. So if you can uh, get the water drained off, uh, you can use, again, uh, uh, paper towel to blot in there. Kind of, I just loosely pull the paper towel through the lettuce. Uh, making sure it's a good paper towel that isn't going to fall apart. You don't want to be eating paper towel, but it'll pick up uh, any excess moisture uh, from sitting in your fridge. Uh, the other thing, again, uh, keep it um, in the refrigerator until it's ready to use. Now, let's talk about the dressings. Big deal to me was when Roger said, 
Well, I'm glad you're eating the salads that's healthier and all, but what about the dressings? So if you're like me and you're supposed to be avoiding sugar um, and you've never looked at the ingredient label or the calorie count or the sugar count in your dressings, give it a look because what you're trying to do by eating healthy with salad can be easily erased in a few ways. Uh, one of the number one ways is your dressing. Uh, so start looking for um, the sugar counts in particular if you're not supposed to have it. Uh, you, you might think you're eating healthy with that good dressing, but it's not. But I can tell you, uh, once you are aware of it, you can find a satisfying dressing out there um, with the low sugar count that you need. But what are some of the most popular salad dressings? Well, mine actually comes in at the bottom of the top 10. Number 10, that is Italian dressing. I used to I really like the Tuscan Italian dressing or anything with that zesty Italian style. But the Tuscan dressing to me uh, was my favorite one. I have cut down on the Tuscan due to the sugar counts. And I'm using a low sugar um, uh, Italian dressing. You can, in both, but both the creamy and oil-based versions come in at number ten. Thousand Island dressings—that's the ninth most 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 popular uh, salad dressing. Um, just straight olive oil, very popular at number eight, even higher than Thousand Island and Italian uh, salsa. Never had salsa on a salad, but as uh, we become more ethnically diverse, that is now number seven in the country for. Um, the most popular salad dressings. Balsamic vinaigrettes, uh, they hold their popularity at number six. Blue cheese dressing at number five. Um, elderberry vinaigrettes, uh, comes in here at, uh, number four. Elderberry. Elderberries! Yeah, that's right. Elderberries coming in at, uh, uh on the countdown of the top of, I've never had elderberry vinaigrette dressing at number four. Buttermilk dressing, number three. I imagine that's got a calorie count to it. Uh, Caesar dressing, number two. The very popular Caesar salad dressings. And then ranch, number one, as they say, by a mile. The most popular salad dressing. Now, I know many of us do buy our salad dressings, but we want to give you just a few easy recipes in case you want to um, try to make and see the difference with a homemade uh, salad dressing. Um, bacon goes well in salad. So how about a bacon mayonnaise dressing? It's very simple. Uh, six slices of cooked bacon, five tablespoons of vinegar, five tablespoons of sugar, two eggs, take them out back and beat them out of the shell, and four tablespoons of tablespoons of mayonnaise. Um, cut the bacon into small pieces. You're going to fry them until they crisp up, which is quick because they're in small pieces. You're going to add the vinegar and sugar to the eggs. Combine it with the bacon. Bring it to a boiling point. Boil it for about a minute. Just when you hit it, you're going to want to let it roll a little bit. Remove from the heat. Set it aside. And at serving time, you add mayonnaise. Stir it well. And, of course, serve it over your dressing. That blue cheese dressing that came in at number five, of course, you have your store-bought, but maybe you want to try to make your own. Well, let's give you an easy blue cheese dressing. One cup olive oil, a half a cup of vinegar, um, one four-ounce package of blue cheese crumbled, one tablespoon of sugar, uh, one and a half teaspoons of salt, a half teaspoon of pepper, a half teaspoon of dry mustard, and two teaspoons of, of some sort of aromatic bitters. Um, combine those ingredients into a screw-top jar, shake it up, store it in the refrigerator, continue to shake it before using. You should end up with about a pint of blue cheese dressing there. Um, now you can do a little bit of a uh, of an option here, uh, like blue cheese, cottage cheese dressing. Cottage cheese goes well on a salad as well. And for this one here, you're going to have a pint of cottage cheese, one four-ounce package of blue cheese, the juice of one lemon, one cup mayonnaise, one cup half and half, a half teaspoon of salt, a quarter teaspoon of black pepper, just a dash of cayenne pepper, just to give it a little bit of a kick, two cloves of garlic, crushed, and just three to four drops of Tabasco sauce, again, just to give it a little bit of a kick. And you can place half of those both cheeses in a blender, reserve the remaining cheese, 
add the ingredients, blend it well, remove it from the blender, add in what you have left of the crumbled cheeses, and then cover it. You're going to store this in the refrigerator. If you want it a little smoother, just place all the cheese in the blender. If you want a chunky dressing, that's when you're going to reserve half of it. Uh, it can be thinned out with the additional half and half. If you want it a little thinner, then it comes out. And that should give you about a quart of homemade fresh blue cheese dressing. One of my favorite things to work with in the kitchen, celery seed. So here's a nice celery seed dressing, a uh, half cup of sugar, one teaspoon of dry mustard, one teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon or more of onion grated. It could be onion juice as an option. It could be onion powder, um, a quarter to a third cup of vinegar, two-third to a cup of salad oil, one teaspoon to a tablespoon of celery seed, and one teaspoon of paprika. So you're going to mix in your sugar, your mustard, your salt, your onion. You're going to add in vinegar and oil a little at a time, beginning with the vinegar. Again, there's a reason why you don't want to dump it all in, go a little at a time. Beat it well, add the celery seed and paprika, cover it, store it in the refrigerator, and this is wonderful over, it could be a fresh vegetable salad, but this celery seed dressing, also perfect over a fresh fruit salad as well. Let's talk about one that's probably a little less common, but appears number three on that list, buttermilk dressing. Uh, and this one here is going to start out with a half cup of sugar, one teaspoon of dry mustard, one teaspoon of salt, a quarter teaspoon of celery seed, one tablespoon of flour, a half cup of vinegar, one cup of buttermilk, one tablespoon of butter, and two beaten eggs. Mix the sugar, the mustard, the celery, uh, the celery seed, the salt, and the flour. Then you're going to add the vinegar, buttermilk, and butter. You're going to cook it until it becomes thickened. And you're going to pour that thick mixture over the beaten eggs. Return it for more cooking until the mixture reaches the consistency of a soft custard. And then you're going to cool it. This particular buttermilk dressing, why is it so popular? Terrific on fruit salads or coleslaw, but you're really not going to use it on your garden salad. Those are just a few. There's so many dressing recipes out there. You want to have a little fun and make your salad special it doesn't take long they are all quick they are all easy to make with your salad dressing recipes instead of um, buying and, and salad dressings are getting more expensive so you may get a little more bang for your buck in the long run making it yourself but i know many do buy them and luckily little general convenience stores does have a good supply of salad dressings available at all locations. Oh, Fooey, I forgot to listen to Recipe for a Good Day. How do I go shopping now? What's on sale this week? I don't know what to feed Funky the Monkey. Well, Anna Marie, we have you covered all at LilGeneral.com. That's where you can find out what's on sale this week at all Little General locations and now can listen to past editions of Recipe for a Good Day. Just go to LilGeneral.com. You'll see the tab for the weekly flyer. Click that. You'll see the specials this week at all Little General locations. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see the link to listen to Recipe for a Good Day. So if you miss a show or are unable to write down a recipe, now you can go listen anytime at your time at LilGeneral.com. talking some sort of uh, dinner salad, luncheon salad, but these salads we're talking about are the centerpiece, not an addition, not a sidebar 
Uh, this is the meal, and uh, we're going to utilize some of the luncheon meats. They can be done quite easily. Uh, we're going to talk about a roast beef salad first, um, and the, the roast beef salad as it exists. Now, you can go with the luncheon meats, and again, available to you from Hummel Brothers this week, now through Close of Business Sunday, are the oven-roasted roast beef, eight eighty nine a pound, uh, the oven-roasted turkey breast, eight eighty nine a pound, or the Hummel Brothers ham off the bone, just six eighty nine a pound. Um, so you do have that um, that ability to just roll up and slice the luncheon meat, and then drop them into your salad. Um, you can actually utilize that short short uh, rub steak as well if you wanted to uh, dice up some of that uh, cooked uh, steak. Uh, you can have a nice beef salad there with um, with a half cup of French dressing. Uh, let's see, uh, two cups of diced cooked beef. From you can even utilize that uh, rump steak there. Uh, again, six at ninety nine a pound at all the general stores. Um, coarsely grated carrots, about a half a cup, about a half cup of diced cooked potatoes, a half a cup of cooked green beans, a quarter cup of chopped sweet pickles, two hard cooked eggs diced. And then a half a cup of mayonnaise, and you're going to need some bowls of lettuce as well. So just pour the French dressing over the beef, uh, chill it for about an hour before serving. The chilling of uh, the remaining ingredients being the um, the the rest of the ingredients you're going to combine, the carrots, the potatoes, the beans, the pickles, the eggs. Then you're going to add in the mayonnaise, mix it lightly, and you can serve the salad um, with the uh, beef on top of it. You should get four to six salads out of that. But a roast beef salad doesn't have to be difficult. Um, you can get yourself some of that Hummel Brothers roast beef or use any leftover pot roast you might have. In addition, you're going to add four cooked eggs, hard-cooked eggs, uh, three-quarter cup chopped pickles or pickle relish, one small onion chopped. That is always optional, depending on if it's a date night or not, and one cup of salad dressing. The choice is yours. Just combine them, serve it over the lettuce, and you should get around six to eight servings on that one. And, and really, you can substitute out uh, whatever is the luncheon meat that you do like. Um, the pepperoni. Don't, uh, don't, un- don't as- underestimate that pepperoni. The pepperoni sticks are on sale from a margarita for $6.89 a pound. Pepperoni and onion salad, very popular as well. One head of the iceberg lettuce. Um, you're going to tear that up and prep it as we mentioned earlier in the program. One long link of pepperoni. Chop it up. A medium onion chopped, two small tomatoes chopped, one cucumber chopped, salt, taste, vinegar, oil dressing. That choice is yours. A little Parmesan cheese. And then the world of croutons is something you're going to have to decide on your own. Myself, not crazy about croutons on my salad, really, um, on anything that I do consume. Just not my cup of tea, but many people do like the croutons. It adds a crunchy appeal to it, Some, but it will add your calories. Remember, croutons is nothing but bread. So if you're eating salad to avoid the, the carbohydrates of bread and the gluten by adding croutons, you're negating your efforts to eat healthy, and especially if you're drenching the croutons in a salad dressing that uh, just absorbs more and more calories into those um Oh, croutons. So the crouton decision really is up to you whether you want to use it or not. I can tell you that you're going to add uh, empty calories, although many like the crunchiness, but I get the crunchiness uh, not from the croutons, but by, um, by refrigerating or even freezing for a few minutes my lettuce, and it comes out nice and crunchy every time. Um, you can make your own croutons, by the way. Uh, you can use your, your oven. Um, if you're going to use your oven, you want to make croutons at home. Uh, you want to heat the oven hot on a crouton cook, like 425 hot, because making croutons in the oven is a little more hands off and you'll get a more evenly browned and, uh, crispy, uh, crouton with that high temperature. Um, and you can make a hundred percent of the croutons in the skillet. But then even the ambient heat of the oven 
protects your croutons from becoming soggy on one side and then burnt on the other. So it's just a little more foolproof to use your oven to make your croutons, which is basically dried out stale bread. Keep that in mind, right? Um, but the, the crouton decision is really going to be on your diet and what you either need or may not need. Uh, Bob says, Hey, I like adding almonds. Nuts in your salad is a, a good option as well. Thank you for that, Bob. Uh, the type of bread you use makes a big difference. Um, and, uh, the, again, that choice is yours. You want a little healthier. Of course, you can use a wheat bread to make your wheat croutons, uh, but a baguette, uh, nice country loaf of sourdough works wonderful as well. Um, the structure of that bread allows the heat to actually get into the pieces, penetrate it, and just make it a super crispy uh, crouton. Remember, the denser the bread is, the harder the crouton will be, the longer your crouton will need to cook. So, uh, yeah, not all croutons are created equal. It depends on what type of bread you want to use. The most common blunder you make when making croutons is not using enough oil, um, not using the right oil. So you should always toss your pieces of bread or, or uh, maybe uh, pre-croutons in a bowl with olive oil. That gives a lot more flavor than a neutral oil. Each pre-crouton should be coated completely. And if you look in your bowl and you see a large lake of oil with a little uh, bread rest floating around in it, maybe that's a little too much oil. Don't drown them. You want them coated, not soggy. So toss it in oil before you get the bread in there. Um, you can even use a little chili flake in that oil, maybe some black pepper, maybe some garlic powder. will give a nice garlicky uh, taste uh, to your croutons. So there's a lot of ways to get there. Of course, you could always just buy a package of it. What I'm having for lunch today, a turkey salad. Uh, that is my baked turkey salad from my leftover Thanksgiving breast. And what goes in a baked turkey salad? Well, two cups of diced cooked turkey, two cups of diced celery, just a half teaspoon of salt, one tablespoon of minced onions, a half cup of chopped nuts. And uh, we heard from Bob uh, that he likes to use almonds. Uh, one cup of mayonnaise, two tablespoons of lemon juice, a half cup of sliced stuffed olives, a half cup of grated cheddar cheese. And as we learned, always try to grade your cheeses themselves or buy a fresh cut cheese from the deli. And then you can slice it if you don't want to grate it. Um, one cup of finely crushed potato chips. Yes, you heard me right. Potato chips all going into our baked turkey salad. So combine all those ingredients, except for the cheese and the potato chips, and just spoon into a buttered casserole dish. Uh, combine the cheeses and the potato chips, sprinkle over the turkey mixture, and uh, this one here is going to be a hot salad. You're going to bake it at 375 for about 20 minutes. Best served hot when it comes to the baked turkey salad with that diced celery and those nuts and nice dressing. And then if you want, you can drop it over um, a, uh, a bed of lettuce as well. You can't go wrong with a bed of lettuce. Uh, chicken can be used as well in the salad. And, of course, a seafood uh, can be used. Uh, so if you're looking for a chicken and we have a friend here listening to the program who likes almonds, well, how about jellied chicken almond salad? How does that sound? One tablespoon of unflavored gelatin, a quarter cup of cold water, one cup of cold chicken broth, a half cup of mayonnaise, a half teaspoon of salt, one half cup of heavy cream whipped, one and a half cup of diced cooked chicken, a three-quarter cup of half green seedless grapes, and about three-quarter cup of slivered almonds. Of course, you're going to need your lettuce, and maybe you want some stuffed olives sliced to go in there as well. So you're going to soften your gelatin in cold water, let it dissolve uh, uh, over hot water, and then... Add your chicken broth, remove it from the heat, let it cool, uh, combine in the mayonnaise, the salt, that whipped cream, fold in the chicken, the grapes, the almonds, give them all into nice individual molds, and then you're going to let them chill. This is going to be a cold salad. Unmold it on the lettuce, garnish it with stuffed olive slices, and you're going to get about eight servings of this jellied chicken almond 
chicken uh, salad. And you can use nuts and salad. You can use pork as well. We'll give you a, a pork salad. How about pork and apple? Very easy. Two cups of diced cooked pork. Two cups of diced unpeeled red apples. Uh, one cup of diced celery. You're going to use about a quarter cup of a sweet relish here. One tablespoon of lemon juice. A quarter teaspoon of onion juice. Dash of salt and about a third cup of mayonnaise. And here, you're just going to combine all those ingredients. Chill them. And then serve it over your bed of lettuce for a pork and apple salad. Just to give you examples, how ham salad, uh, not just the type that you're going to run through uh, a grinder. Uh, maybe let's go with a, um, let's go with a, should we want to do a hot or a cold ham salad here in our final minutes? Uh, we're going to go with the ham and cucumber salad. Uh, you're going to take, again, this is going to involve gelatin. Gelatin's a really a popular thing in, in various salads. Salads can be so much. Uh, two to three ounce package of lemon lime gelatin, uh, one teaspoon of salt, two cups of boiling water, one and a half cup of cold water, a quarter cup of vinegar, one cup of sli- of slivered cooked ham. And again, if you want to shortcut it, Hummel Brothers has a wonderful ham product on sale at all locations. Ham off the bone, six eighty nine, and it'll be perfect for the ham and cucumber salad. Uh, one cup of uh, sliced celery, one nine ounce can of drained pineapple chunks, a half a cup of thinly sliced quartered cucumber. And three quarter teaspoon of grated onion and three tablespoons of horseradish. I skip the horseradish. That's just me. You either like it or you don't. Dissolve the gelatin in uh, salt and salt in boiling water. You're going to add uh, cold water and vinegar and you're going to let that chill. It'll become thickened. You know what I'm talking about with a gelatin. Fold in the remaining ingredients. You're going to pour them into a one quart ring mold. Chill it until it's firmed, and then it's ready to be sliced and served once it becomes firm. And that is an eight-serving ham and cucumber gelatin salad. If you haven't tried a gelatin salad, it may be a fun way to get kids uh, to eat uh, salads. Uh, seafood uh, can be done as well. Um, you can do a clam salad. You can do a fish salad. Uh, and uh, we have about one minute left of the program, so we're going to have to stop there. We will revisit this uh, salad conversation as we move through the summer, as people are looking for lighter, perhaps healthier alternatives for their lunches, in particular lunches. It gives me a little more freedom to eat what I'd like at dinner, knowing that I'm making my luncheon sacrifice uh, with my salads. But sacrifice, not so much. Because today, already, as I was telling Roger this morning, my taste buds are dancing, knowing that I have a delicious salad to go home to with some really wonderful turkey breast meat, uh, and uh, looking forward to having it. I can, I can taste it now. Um, so many ways to enjoy your salad. We hope you do. And if there's a particular salad you like to make, like Bob, who sent in his almond suggestion, please email us at askthechef at wnri.com. All one word, askthechef at wnri.com. Thank you, Bubble Girl, for the canned good email as well. Led to an interesting opening to the show. So that brings another end. Hard to believe, but yes, it brings another end to a recipe for a good day. We thank you for being part of it. We're going to get together next week and do it all again. A whole different topic of food here on Recipe for a Good Day. Brought to you by Low General Convenience Stores. Your convenience store with more where quality comes first.